Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With our beloved winless to start the second half, it will get much harder before it gets easier. As the Bears travel east to see if they can slay the dragon known as the 9-1 NFC East leading Philadelphia Eagles. Can the Bears do what no other team has been able to do since week two, or will they fail? All of this and so much more on the week 12 preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Week 12 of the season represents the end of the third quarter and uh, pretty much the beginning of the end of our 2017 season. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back, the Week 12 preview episode of the Chicago Bears View, and I guess we should actually call this more specifically Part 2 of the Week 12 preview episode. Uh, Part 1 being our conversation with Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation with uh you know everything that we had to say uh about the bears and the eagles and um you know i want to thank brandon for being gracious uh, uh over the fact that uh the bears have anything other than a snowball's chance in hell uh in this football game you know with the the schedule that's upcoming i mean he looked at it very you know pragmatically you know he looked at it uh, graciously i guess would be the the best word that i could use you know with the way that the bears have been playing the way they embarrass themselves at home again in, in two very winnable games against you know division opponents, one that was weakened by not having its biggest star on the field, and then turning that into a liability somehow, uh, and then the week before, uh, self-inflicted wounds again, the uh, the fumble recovery for a touchdown and. Uh, Having Connor Barth on the roster, um, that would be a self-inflicted wound. One that has been repaired, by the way. For anyone who missed it uh, on the preview, uh, on the review episode, the Bears did cut Connor Barth and signed Cairo Santos, um, something that they decided not to do before the Detroit game, more than likely because Connor Barth had uh, a fantastic game. He was three for three with field goals and kicked an extra long uh, extra point uh, in the game uh, against Green Bay. Maybe they thought he turned a corner and then we found out the hard way that we were horribly, horribly wrong about that. So uh, that is a mistake that has finally been corrected, one that we've been, we as Bear fans have been waiting for for quite some time. Uh, I mean, with, with no camp leg and competition uh, with him, we brought in Roberto Aguayo for 10 seconds uh, in, the, in the preseason, and that did very little. Uh, and, you know, and even when he was struggling earlier in the season, we didn't hear about the Bears bringing in other kickers or anything like that, but finally that part is done. But anyway, back to um, what we were talking about with, with Brandon. When he was looking at the schedule that the Eagles have immediately after this game with the Bears, they're on the road at Seattle. They're on the road at the L.A. Rams, one and two, 
in the NFC West right now. The Rams being in first place at seven and three, the uh, the Seahawks sitting there at seven and or excuse me six and four, um, having lost this past weekend. So. Um, you know, both of those teams are very tough at home. The Rams are the surprise team uh, of the NFL, probably along with the Jaguars, as far as teams that have, you know, kind of been, you know, lo- loading up on, on talent but not really doing much with it. And then here are both teams, year one of new coaches, really kind of taking off and putting that talent into, into practice, finally, I guess you can say. But uh, going on the road at Seattle, one of the most difficult places to win a football game in the NFL, and then a week later uh, going right back out to Los Angeles to take on the Rams, who have been enormously tough for anybody uh, this year. Um, it, it would be easy to overlook what the Bears bring to the table, especially after the last two performances that they've had against Green Bay and Detroit. So um, for, for Brandon to say that, um, you know, uh, my prophecy that I had in my rant uh, after the Packer game might not be so ridiculous considering what the Eagles have in front of them that uh, it could easily happen that they look past it and look forward to the two playoff teams they have in front of them after this and then get caught with their pants down uh, against the Bears. Now, I know we as Bear fans would love for that to happen, and I would like to look like a genius, <laughs> you know, with my with my rant the other day saying that, you know, the Bears, are, they, they lose this game in, against Green Bay when they had no business doing so. They're going to lose in embarrassing fashion a week later against Detroit at home, and they did, and we're going to go on the road and win a game we have no business winning by beating the Eagles uh, at the link. And wouldn't it just be hilarious if that turned out uh, how it was. I mean, because, you know, for for the first, God, since April, this is the section of the year that we've been looking forward to, looking forward to getting to, because that first eight games was merciless on paper, you know, and we made it through three and five. I remember saying back in April, three and five, that would be awesome. Four and four would be a miracle, and we almost pulled that off, actually. But this was the part of the season that we were looking forward to. You know, Green Bay and and Detroit at home, we got that game against the Eagles, which at the time did not look that daunting. Then we've got San Francisco, worst team in football other than that isn't called the Cleveland Browns. And then after that, we have Cincinnati before we play Detroit again. And uh, and then after that, we have Cleveland. It's like that is a seven game stretch right there that just about anybody in the league would like to run through. Uh, I mean, it's it's not that challenging. You're, you're, they're not all easy wins, but they're all winnable games. And it turns out that this game that we have here in front of us has turned out to be the one game you can automatically chalk a, uh, an L to uh, with the way the Eagles have been playing, which makes what I have to do here on this episode uh, that much more difficult. But I've come up with a simple solution, um, one that is, is a lot more simple in – saying than doing because the bears have been proven it proven to do it not being able to do it and proven it to be most difficult week in and week out and uh, and what that is is um if uh, we'll just jump right into it if um if the bears want to win this football game on sunday uh number one as we sprinkle in a little news along the way uh we'll have to do it without leonard floyd i think we all knew that going in but now we have to do it without Leonard Floyd for the rest of the year uh, because the Bears put him on IR with the knee injury Uh, they say that there's no surgical damage that he won't have to have any kind of uh, surgery it's all going to be you know rest and rehab 
uh, for for Leonard Floyd, but his season is over. The Bears put him on IR uh, today, as a matter of fact, on Friday. So he is done uh, for 2017. Four and a half sacks this year, but six games short of a full season, unlike uh, last year during his rookie season when he had seven, seven or eight or so uh, in 12 games last year because he missed four games uh, as well. So, um, you know, four and a half sacks, not too bad, but he also, we did see some marked improvement. Still has some some young guy stuff that he that he makes mistakes with from time to time, but he put on like an extra 10 pounds over the offseason, maybe add another 10 so or more uh, during the during this offseason while he's rehabbing and he could be just that more daunting, see if the Bears can't get him a, a more consistent compliment on the other side. And the funny thing is that compliment could be the guy that's going to be replacing him uh, in the rotation uh, this weekend and the, and the undrafted rookie free agent Isaiah Irving a guy that did a great job um, causing havoc in the preseason this is somebody that uh, a lot of Bear fans have wanted to see in the lineup they brought him up to the roster I think after Willie Young went down um, I think that was was that the Green Bay game where Willie Young got hurt it was early on in the season it was at a point in the, the season we didn't want to see that happen to lose Willie Young that early but um, nonetheless, uh, he's been on the roster, but he's been special teams pretty much the whole time. I don't think I've really ever seen him on the field. Well, now he will get a chance to play some real defensive snaps and see if he can't uh, reignite some of that magic that he was experiencing during the preseason and, uh, you know, make himself somebody that we uh, need to take a good and strong look at heading into 2018. So keep an eye on, on uh, Isaiah Irving this weekend. Uh, hopefully he will get enough snaps to uh, make some kind of impact uh, in the ballgame. But um, as I was saying, the Bears are going to have to do without Leonard Floyd, which leaves question marks and depth problems at the outside linebacker spot. Um, the, the, basically, it's, it's simple. What the Bears have to do to win this football game on Sunday it's simple. They have to be perfect, period, um, or as close to perfect as humanly possible. Uh, we will. We cannot help the Eagles beat us this weekend. We can't have the bot snaps that turn into a fumble that turn into a defensive touchdown. Uh, we cannot have lapses in assignments where Austin Hooper gets behind you and scores an 81-yard touchdown. We cannot have missed field goals we cannot have we cannot have red zone trips that result in field goals instead of touchdowns we have to be perfect on Sunday we can't give because the Eagles are good enough they can beat the Bears straight up every single day of the week uh, with the two teams that that are going to be on the field on Sunday the Eagles are flat out better than us but the one thing that the Bears have proven in 2017 is that if they can avoid beating themselves, they give themselves the absolute best chance to win because those lopsided losses that we had, the one against Tampa Bay, the one against Green Bay in the first game, um, you know, those were football games where we absolutely just gave away the store. We just gave it away from Glennon's interceptions to the fumbles to all the, the lapses and mistakes and, 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 and what have you. The one mistake we had against Atlanta ended up being the one that cost us the football game. Uh, the, the mistakes that we had in the New Orleans game, Connor Barth missing the field goal. One that you couldn't help, of course, would be the Zach Miller touchdown that got taken away from us. But there you go. 
So, I mean, it's just, um, you know, if, if the Bears can avoid the self-inflicted wounds, I mean, you talk about self-inflicted, that first win, uh, first loss against uh, Minnesota, Trubisky's first start on Monday Night Football, uh, a holding penalty, Nick's is a touchdown, completely taking those points off the board. A, uh, another holding penalty takes uh, a, 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 a possession that would have been gotten us inside the red zone away on the Trey McBride uh, a catch. Those two plays right there really turn the tide of the entire football game. Right there, there's at least 10 points that the Bears, if the Bears had those 10 points, we win the game against Minnesota. Uh-huh, you know, and um, it's just, uh, it's crazy how little itty-bitty things like that can alter the outcome of a football game. And it just seems that when those itty-bitty occurrences take place, the Bears are doing it to themselves. It's not happening to where this team is inflicting all the punishment on the Bears and they just beat us straight up. It, it hasn't really happened that way. Can you think of a game where the Bears lost, but we were perfect? In other words, we just got straight up beat by somebody else because I can't, I can't really think of one. You know, with Atlanta, it was the one mistake that caught us, that cost us, the Austin Hooper. With Tampa Bay, we could have a laundry list of things. With Pittsburgh, we won in spite of our mistakes. Thank you, Marcus Cooper and Mike Glennon throwing a late interception uh, and what have you. A football game that went to overtime but never should have made it out of regulation. A week later in Green Bay, another laundry list of mistakes. Everything from, I won't get into it. Anyhow. Minnesota, we just got done talking about that. But fast forward to Baltimore, another game where we won in spite of our mistakes. We just made fewer than our opponent did, you know, with the, the extra with the punt return, kickoff return for touchdowns and, uh, and what have you. That's what really buried us in that game. A week later, despite having no offense whatsoever to speak of, we took the Carolina Panthers to the woodshed. And then week eight against the Saints. Um, it's kind of hard when you're playing against the uh, Saints and the referees, and that's what actually kind of happened there. But, you know, the Saints did what they had to do uh, in order to win that game. That's probably the closest that we've come all year to losing straight up to somebody. Um, with the way that the, uh, the Bears um, lost that game, uh, we had our chances in the end. The two back-to-back -back fumbles from Mark Ingram uh, to try to come back in the fourth quarter there, we had our chances in that game, uh, but in the end it just wasn't enough. The, just, uh, you know, offense wasn't getting the job done, and uh, the defense could only hold Drew Brees and company for so long. I mean, we only gave up 20 points. Week 9 against Green Bay, that was just uh, – full-blown incompetence on the offensive side and um you know just making Brent Huntley into a one-week um Aaron Rodgers you know everything that he did in that game he did none of it a week later against Baltimore he was embarrassed four turnovers uh three picks and a, and a fumble and sacked and just making all kinds of mental errors against the team that we beat at home we beat them on the road. They lost to Baltimore in Lambeau. That just puts salt in the wound as far as I'm concerned. And then last week against the Lions, you know, the uh, the self-inflicted wounds once again. The uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown and then Connor Barth. You know, a mistake that has been corrected. But nonetheless, you we went, just went through all ten of our games and very, very, very little has happened that the Bears were not in control of 
or they could have been in control of. Just their own mistakes is what beat them. And this is the first time that we're playing an elite football team this year because the Falcons, they're six and four. They're not as elite as they were a year ago. This is the NFL's best team right here. And if you guys remember the conversation uh, we had with, with Brandon a few days ago, it's a team that has, or right now, isn't, isn't playing with any flaws at the moment. They are not making the mistakes. You know, they're getting it done on special teams. Defense is, is pressuring the quarterback at an enormous rate without bringing blitzers. I think I read a stat online on Twitter, like 40-something percent of the time, they're putting the quarterback under pressure, and they're just bringing their front four. Uh, the, the secondary is, is doing a fantastic job. The middle of the field is protected. And then on offense... It's Carson Wentz throwing balls to, to Alshon Jeffrey and Torrey Smith and Nelson Aguilar stepping up. Zach Ertz has always been a solid tight end. Uh, Kelsey, the other tight end, is doing things. And then Jay just makes their backfield more dynamic as well. And on top of it all, their coach is doing a hell of a job uh, putting the pieces of the puzzle together uh, each and every Sunday. So, I mean, they're they're getting it done everywhere that they need to and the bears on the other hand uh haven't yet to play a complete football game even in our best performance of the season against carolina we did it without an offense that's the game where trubisky only attempted seven passes and we're only on the field for 30 plus fewer than 40 plays i think 37 was the number uh in that one carolina was on the field for nearly double that and somehow we won that football game. Defense and special teams was how we won it. Pat O'Donnell had the afternoon of afternoons punting that week. I think that's when I ended up giving him uh, a bear up because of what I saw his stats were uh, in the game against Carolina. But um, that was our best performance of the season, and we didn't bring an offense to the game on that one. You know, we had one decent drive that resulted in a field goal when Fox decides he wants to play to you know play not to lose instead of playing to win and going for a touchdown settling for a field goal uh there so i mean it was just um there's been a yeah but we've been saying that for weeks now there's been a yeah but connotation to every victory that we've had and there are so many losses that we've had already this season that could have changed if not for two or three plays uh in, in just about every game that we have one play in atlanta and uh, I'm just tired of, of going over and over it again. So, you know, it, it, it hasn't been an easy week or a busy week, I should say, in, in terms of, of news. Leonard Floyd being put on the IR, that's been the major headline over the last couple of days. Uh, Cairo Santos replacing Connor Barth, that was the big news on Monday. The Bears wasted no time on that one, God bless them. Uh, finally, you know, fixing that mistake. And uh, Santos sounds like somebody rejuvenated uh, in the way that um, he's been talking about uh, this opportunity, and he enjoys working with Pat O'Donnell. I think they were at the U together. I think I believe Santos is a Miami kicker, and that's where we got Pat O'Donnell from. But um, you know, hopefully that's something that will work out. I kind of reached out to um, Seth uh, Seth Kaiser, who is our Kansas City Chiefs friend. Uh, to see, you know, what can you tell me about Cairo Santos? And, and basically, he's a clutch guy. He's the guy that you want. 
kicking that 47-yard field goal with eight seconds to go in the game because he will put it through the uprights. The only reason that Santos wasn't on a roster before the Bears signed him is he was recovering from a torn groin. So this was a guy that was recovering from an injury uh, due to you know, no fault of his own as far as his kicking ability had nothing to do with why he wasn't on a roster uh, right now. So I guess we as Bear fans can take some solace uh, in that, that uh, we're getting a guy that's, uh, you know, basically chomping at the bit for a second chance because it wasn't his ability to put the ball through the uprights that cost him his job. It was one of those things that goes along with being a football player from time to time. So um, looking forward to seeing what he can do. Hopefully we'll get the guy some chances to kick some field goals for us uh, on Sunday. But um, it's going to be um, – well, I hope it is. I hope it's interesting on Sunday. I hope it is competitive. I hope the Bears come in motivated. I hope we get to see our defense again. We haven't really seen them in the second half of the season. We haven't really seen them since the Carolina game because they weren't really themselves against New Orleans. Um, you know, I, 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 I wonder how much not having Trevathan in there has been has been troublesome for us uh another guy that uh we've been missing uh in the second second half apparently that calf injury did occur at new orleans uh before the bye that must have been one hell of a strain if he's still not playing i i uh, think that the bears had him listed as questionable uh for this week but he's been questionable all of the second half thus far and he's still not out there so um let me see if I can pull it up real quick. But, um, you know, it's it just uh, it's it's frustrating to see that, um, you know, the, the, the chances that the Bears could have had with this football team, despite our uh, despite our injuries, despite our shortcomings and our talent deficits, the Bears have uh, have come up short more times than not three and seven. So far on the year, let's see, doubtful. Danny Trevathan is doubtful uh, with the calf injury. Josh Bellamy, doubtful with a concussion. When the hell did that happen? Oh, that's right, that did happen. He kind of got banged into towards the, what was it, the fourth quarter or something like that. Roy Robinson Harrison, or Harris, doubtful with a, still with that hamstring injury. Uh, DeAndre Houston Carson is doubtful. Questionable is Kyle Long, Akeem Hicks. Fernell McPhee, Mitch Unruh, Jesus Christ, Bryce Callahan, Tom Compton, Mark San- Mark Sanchez. Okay. Uh, Dontrell Inman. What's going on with Dontrell Inman? This is just showing me who's on the list, not what their actual injuries are. Uh, Deion Sims, apparently still suffering from the mysterious illness that John Fox will not tell us about. So, yeah. Anyway, there's your injury list. Doesn't really give the uh, specifics on who's hampered with what but uh that was not a fun list to uh to go through um oh here we go that's better bellamy with the concussion Her- uh, robinson harris hamstring to calf muscle carson houston carson ankle injury sanchez illness oh so he must that uh, i wonder could they tell us what his illness was uh, not that most of us would care at this point and pronomic fee with a knee injury what this what is with this guy and his knees? I swear to God. Um, and that's about it. So sorry that I'm kind of jumping around on you guys here. But it is what it is, guys. 
you know, week number 12 uh, coming up on Sunday. Um, the toughest opponent we'll probably face all season except for – and actually it probably won't be that tough week 17 because at this rate uh, Minnesota's probably going to be resting a lot of guys to get ready for the playoffs when we play them week 17, which at this point I believe is our best opportunity to walk away with the division victory uh, this year because I don't know what to expect uh, in a couple of weeks when we play Detroit on the road uh, again. So it's uh, – yeah, so that's that's probably our best opportunity to win a football game in the division is on the road week 17 at Minnesota when they're probably throwing out their second and third string guys just to get ready uh, for the playoffs uh, in January while the Bears are looking forward to 2018 and beyond. So, um, you know, it, it's very simple. Like I said earlier, it's, it's simple. I don't want to break it down into, well, if the offensive line does this or if the offense does that and the defense can avoid this or do this, that, the other. Forget all that. Forget all of it. We have to be perfect, period. The Eagles are flat out better than us, but the Bears have proven that when they can stay out of their way, they can do a very good job of staying in our opponent's way. That's the easiest way that I can put it. And we need to make things as supremely difficult for the Eagles on Sunday as we possibly can. And if we do that, then at least it will be close. That 14-and-a-half-point uh, line that Vegas has put out there, which is ridiculous, by the way, but not completely implausible if the Bears play the way that they have the last two weeks against Detroit uh, and Green Bay because the Eagles have the firepower to make us pay dearly for those mistakes. Detroit and Green Bay, not so much, especially now. But, um, you know, Philadelphia, they can rack up 50 on us, just like they did a couple of weeks ago against Denver, who has a more consistently better defense than the Bears do at this point. So, you know, they put up 51 on Denver in Denver. So, I mean, that's that's not easy to do. So um, if, if the Bears, like I said, if they can stay out of their own way, They've proven that they can do a really good job of staying in the opponent's way and make things supremely difficult for them. That's our best shot. That is our best shot, and then we're going to have to force some mistakes. An interception from Wentz, of which if only he's thrown like five against 25 touchdown passes or something like that this year. Maybe choke a fumble or two out of Jay Ajay, see if that can happen, uh, or, or, or anything like that. Alshon Jeffrey is good for a mistake here and there. Maybe we can exploit him uh, and his follies for a few minutes and have him stead him, instead of having them hurt us the way that he had there for a while. So we're just going to have to figure something out uh, on Sunday. I don't like our chances if I was doing my pick 'em league, I'd be picking Philadelphia uh, all the way to win this thing, plain and simple. So, and I think I don't think anybody out there would would disagree, um, you know, or, or say how dare you or, or anything like that. That's just reality. That's that's all it is. That's uh, that's the 2017 season. That's what we're up against with the nine and one Eagles and the three and seven team that we're bringing uh, with us to the link uh, on Sunday. So. Anyway, guys, uh, I like I said, I apologize for for jumping around and 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 what have you. I've got uh, turkey leftovers uh, on the brain. Uh, I am ready for uh, this game on Sunday just to see what it's going to be. Because, like I told Brandon uh, in our interview, I either think the Bears are going to win this game, or I think Philly's going to murder us. And I would much rather see the Bears 
in a tight game that we can win, obviously, other than a game where it's like, well, second quarter, it's 27 to nothing, so I'm done. But, uh, you know, I, I really don't think it's going to come down to the Bears losing a close game. I just I think it's going to be one extreme uh, or the other. I, I doubt very highly that if, if it's close, the Bears will lose. It, it's just, just call me crazy. I got a funny feeling about that. If, if Philly comes out and blows the doors off, just like the last time that we went out there in 2013 with, uh, with Entrestman's first year, we're trying to win the division on Sunday Night Football and we get trucked, um, you know, that's, that's one thing. I don't think if it's going to come down to a one-score game or anything, I, for some reason, I got a funny feeling that the Bears would pull that one out. I, I don't know why. I just do. So call me crazy. Call that my bold prediction. If it's close in the end, the Bears will win. There's my bold prediction for you. So anyway, uh, come back on Monday when we will review this game and see how it all went down between the Bears and the uh, Eagles on Sunday. And uh, we've got... Uh, Next week, we have the 49er fangirl, Tracy Sandler, that's going to be back on the show to help us preview Bears 49ers because I know everyone is chomping at the bit for what's probably going to be that 1-10 versus 3-8 matchup. That's, yeah, looking forward to that one, right? So uh, anyway, she'll be back on the show to help us preview Bears 49ers for next weekend, and, uh, you know, that'll be the week there. So come back on monday we'll see how it all went down was it an utter disaster that just ruined what was left of the holiday weekend or did the bears have the biggest upset thus far in 2017 come back on monday and we'll talk about it until then my name is larry d and this has been the chicago bears review